Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape the future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right. On this episode of the Garlic Marketing Show, we're going to talk about data and attribution for all you marketing nerds. Uh, this is Brian Everman from Zinc.com. Brian, thanks for being on. Ian, great to meet you. Great to be on the show. And we're going to talk about how they are using data to actually tear out customers. That average customer value and cost of acquisition are not exactly the same. And looking at the averages actually gets you below average results. We're going to talk about tearing out those customers into two or three levels and how they can also measure DTC, direct-to-consumer spend, as effect on Amazon sales, uh, how to increase a 10 to 15% increase in uh, results from your mixed media ads, your media mix ads, and all of the different ways that you can be using data to make different decisions, better decisions, more insightful decisions, and better ads on this Garlic Marketing Show. Of course, it's brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. Uh, one of the best pieces of content for any business is customer stories. Go to VideoCaseStory.com slash BigFish to learn 13 ways that you should be using customer stories to land more of your clients. All right, let's get started. But before we get into how you all are using data, how did you get to this point? That is a great question. It's definitely been a journey. So I, uh, I live here in Boston. The company's here in Boston. Um, and it starts quite a while ago when I decided to uh, do data, data analytics and AI-related things. I got my PhD in that area and then went through a sequence of companies. First 10 years in the speech industry, you know, the call center speech industry. And then in 2006, I joined my first ad tech company, which I ran for the Washington Post company. So I've been in the e-com advertising ad tech on three D to C companies over the last, I guess it's 16 years now and reunited with um, some people that worked for me back in 2006, 2010, who had formed Nanigans. Nanigans was a big social advertising company. And we took that tech and we reformed it to create Zinc, an e-commerce analytics company. That's great. And, you know, it's a, you talk about, you know, looking at AI and data and what are the big problems that you see with data and analytics for e-commerce? Because it seems like everyone's kind of all over the board where uh, what they want to see, they want to have as much data as possible. They think AI is going to do everything and I think they don't have to defined it. What are the problems that you're seeing right now in data and analytics for e-commerce companies? Well, I mean, I think e-commerce companies, especially with the change in the environment, are looking to figure out how to get more profitable growth. In 2021, right, we were doing quite a bit of work with uh, some of the big aggregators in, in the Amazon side and the Shopify side, and it was all about grow, grow, grow. Now in 2022, it's about profit, profit, profit. And I think people, you know, that the financial environment has shifted to make it more focused on profit. And then, you know, there have been changes in privacy that everybody knew were coming that have made, you know, your basic, I'm just going to ask Facebook to do something model go away. <laughs> and people have to get smarter. And there are lots of takes on how you get smarter about where the profit is. Uh, we have a very specific view on that. 
And so can you explain to me, you know, what is the difference between data for growth and data for profit? I mean, you're, you're selling a widget, you sell the widget or you don't sell the widget. What's the difference in, in data for those two? Well, I mean, I think you have to get smarter when you start worrying about profit a lot more, right? And you need to think about who is your best customer, mm. right? And that's sort of marketing 101, but people think generally about an average all the time. They don't think about the distribution of their customers. Don't think about the distribution of value that they have in their customers, right? Because it's difficult to measure. And then they don't think about the distribution and cost they have across their customer base, mm. right? And there's, you know, Peter Fader published a book. He's a professor at Wharton, I don't know, 10 years ago called Customer-Centric Analytics. And that's what we believe in. And that is a way of orienting not just your analytics processes, but your strategy around how you think about your business, right? And how you focus on not the averages, orient your business, your analytics, your marketing, your product, your support, um, your description of your product around your best customers that are going to make you the most money. I think that's an amazing thing because I've seen this so much when we do when we do video case stories and and we start talking about their customers and you know for agencies and service businesses and like who they their average customer versus who they really want uh, who really makes them money and who is great for the business are two very different things aren't they exactly I mean I'll give you insight of one brand we worked with couple of insights from that brand. One is, you know, we first build, we build customer lifetime value models of each individual customer of the brand. So we first delivered those models to them about a year ago. And we now deliver them to them every single day. But we did the first cut because we got into this about a year ago and took a while to really get it honed down. But anyway, we're looking at it and you're looking at the distribution it had two humps. I was like, why does this have two peaks? Why is there one group of average customers that deliver a certain amount of revenue? There's another group out here that delivers five to 10 times as much money. And then there's this long tail. And we started looking at it and talking to them. And it's like, well, you're selling this product. You think you're selling it to consumers. But this tail out here is really tiny businesses that are buying it in bulk from your consumer site. And your marketing is not addressing that group at all. So that was a big insight for them. I think that they sort of figured that out eventually and started a wholesale business around it, right? And that, you know, that group was spending, you know, if the average price, average consumer was spending 40 bucks, that group was spending 500 bucks. It was huge. But unless you look at the individual customer, really look at your data, you miss that. So that's an opportunity. That's a strategy outcome, right? Not a marketing detail outcome. Mm-hmm. The other thing we noticed with this brand, and we've done a lot of work on this brand, is and I think this is generally true. We built models, we've built models now where we compute CAC at the individual customer level. And, you know, overall gross CAC is easy, right? Take total spend, divide by total number of new customers in month. That's your CAC. Yep. It's easy. But what's interesting is if, if you want to say, all right, what is the CAC of this buyer? That's a much harder question because you have to say, okay. They bought, but who are all the people who didn't buy that look like that person? I'm going to assign their cost to that person. So we do some machine learning to do that. 
and we mm. assign all the costs. If you took the average of the numbers we got, you'd still get the same CAC. You do it the, the usual way. Okay, so we do that. And we look at this brand and we look at other brands and what do we find? No correlation between CAC and value. Mm. In other words, they're spending lots of money on people who aren't worth very much. It's not negative correlation, thank God, but it's not correlated. So the people that are worth more, like sometimes they get more spend, sometimes they get less spend. People that are worth very little, sometimes they get a lot of spend, sometimes they get very little spend. And we see that as one of the core opportunities available to brands. We think that almost every brand actually looks like that, that there are a number of ways you could improve it. The big one we're pushing with on the Google side is ROAS-based bidding because Google's out going after ROAS-based bidding where you compute expected value of a particular customer early on, tell Google that number and let Google figure out how much they should really spend. But the simpler things, you know, what most people do is they say, I have a, I have a customer lifetime value, I computed by computing averages. I have an average of AOV. I know my supply chain costs. I know my operating costs. This is what I can afford to spend on marketing. Therefore, that's my CPA per purchase. Most people do. And then they let the agent, the marketing team, they say, marketing team, get me that CPA. And it's either their team or, a, or an agency. And the agency works very hard to get that CPA on average. And so you get average results. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting way to think of it. it. It makes complete sense, but it's not just targeting a customer who buys, but targeting the right customer who buys the most and spends the most. Right, and those are very often two different people. How do you get this mindset through to someone? Because it's a it what makes sense. It's a tough shift, I think, to get that focused. Well, I think it's it's easy to understand the point. It's hard to understand how to operationalize it. Yeah. So the simplest way we believe to operationalize it is to tier your audience. So again, if you're a Facebook, Google, TikTok, whatever platform company, right? That's, that's where you're making your money. It's where you're driving your ads. Most people build a campaign, a set of ad sets, set of custom audiences and lookalike audiences against it and set one CPA. We can build you a better target that'll be more profitable by looking at the value minus the cost. That's the first thing we can do. So we can see, all right, you want to do that? Great. Here's an audience. Use this audience. But the next thing you can do is you can say, all right, you got these low value guys. So if you could get them really cheap, you'd want them. You got these mid-tier guys to make up the bulk of your revenue. That's where your CPA is correct. And then you got these high-tier guys you really should spend a lot more for. So why don't we separate those into three different audiences, build different ad sets for them, probably different creative because they may have slightly different motivations and run those as separate tiered things. And like, if, if all you can handle is three audiences right now, great. If you can handle eight, we can build to eight if you have enough data. Um, but that's the, I think that's the first step. Then and at least you're thinking high, medium, low value. And you're looking at lifetime value, right? And yes. not just the average order value. And you mentioned also, you monitor that value across different purchase points as well too, correct? So you were mentioning a halo effect in other oh, places. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's a slightly different problem we can get into. I think we should, let's close this one out first. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, and then we'll come back to halo. You know, on a direct-to-consumer site, 
you know, we, there are different kinds of businesses, obviously. There's a lot of them that basically sell the product once. And for them, what matters is AOV to CAC, right? So they want audiences that are AOV to CAC. The ones that have multiple purchases or that are, we have a bunch with several customers now that are registration followed by delayed purchase. Mm. Those are the most interesting in some ways, the most challenging because the vat, what we'll do there is what we do there is we estimate the value of the reg. Um, Cause you're really gonna have to bid to the value of the reg. Mm-hmm. It's those like one of the companies we're working with, you know, it's a they register and then it's a future purchase that could be over many years, um, on and off, getting chunks of money from from the service they offer. And when you're doing that, what kind of impact does this make to the bottom line? Well, I just sent one of our customers a summary that looks like we reduced the CPA by twenty percent. So that's a thirty. That's without changing the ads. So that's a 30% growth to your revenue on the same spend. If you flip the numbers around. Wow. So yeah, 30% growth in revenue and same spend. And also, I mean, if you're able to spend that much more because you're reducing the cost, then... It- well, exactly. And the interesting thing is our camp, the one we're testing, this is a test that's brand new. I'm sharing data with you that's right hot off the presses here, but, and they need to still confirm, but... We're doing it usually when you spend at a higher CPA, right? You burn through your audience faster or you spend more budget. Yeah. But ours is spending the most budget and coming in at that kind of number. So I, I love the numbers and everything, but let, do you have a story of that happening, how that happened? Yeah. I mean, I can tell you how we came, what we're doing and how we did it. Yeah. And I mean, it took a, quite a bit of learning on our part too. Um, so first, you know, we've had the data from this. We take a couple of years of data from the brand off of their Shopify site. And we build um, lifetime models for those customers. Okay. Then this brand's been running with us for a little more than a, for more than a year, and so they have our first party pixel on there. And so we and we have all their advertising data. It doesn't take this much time, but they have been there that long. Um, and so we can compute the CAC of every single customer. And so we computed was profitability of different customers by taking the difference, the numbers. And then we looked at seasonality and we gave them an audience tied to seasonality and profit. And these people tend to convert better. It's an amazing way to look at a business. And I don't think a lot of people are advertising that way. And it makes so much sense. So how do you go about setting something like this up? How long does it take to work in the, in the software? So the reporting side of our business is very easy to set up. Like it'll take someone a couple hours uh, if they're on Shopify max. You give us, you log into Zinc, we give you an account. You OAuth connect all your channels, place the pixel on your Shopify site, and we'll start collecting data and we'll give you reports the next day. The customer lifetime value models and the churn estimates you will have the next day or two because it doesn't rely on the pixel. Then how quickly we can give you CAC estimates and profitability estimates of the user depends really on your business, right? If your business is a long decision process business, like it's a $2,000 per purchase cut jewelry business, you know, it's gonna be six months probably because we're gonna have to see enough users. 
if it's a $30, you know, thing for exercise, right, and it doesn't have a lot of seasonality, right, you're going to know in a month or two, so quickly. This particular wow. company that we're working with is highly seasonal, what I'm quoting the numbers from. It's a summer thing, so it really matters, and it has to be changed every month, I suspect, with the actual audiences. So, I mean, that's the answer to the question. So we can give you audiences based on value pretty much right away. And then based on CAC and some profitability, it depends on the business. And when you hand over that audience data and you're saying, hey, this is the audience that's most valuable, what type of information are you giving about that audience so that they could build out a better ad set? We are really just giving them the information they need to, to load it up on the Facebook or Google, which is the hashed email, nice. right? And saying, this is the group, here's the Facebook target email list you should use to build your audience. Gotcha. It's very simple. Uh, we will be releasing an update to this in, probably in January where we just connect to your, the API the other way and you say, yes, I approve that audience. We'll just push it. Um, and then we'll keep it up to date for you. How are your customers using this then for new creative, for new ads to, to think about their problems and you know their ads in a different way? So to, to us, and I think for e-commerce marketers, creative, audience landing page yeah right that's the three things that have to fit together mm -hmm. uh and we give you analytics to look at all three we make creative versus audience very simple you can just pivot it and look at the counts you can actually see the ad uh, and see how it's performing on that particular audience and against different audiences and look at it the other way around quite easily uh and then we're looking at how we can you know we can do landing page by targeting url you can also do that if you want to do that. Um, we don't currently do creative optimization. We're looking to work with some creative optimization partners. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you mentioned, and that's what I want to talk about too, is the halo effect, because I think this is yep. interesting to measure because, you know, we look at one sales channel and a lot of times you have no insight into how it's affecting another sales channel, but they do work. Right. I mean, you know, that's basic retail. <laughs> exactly exactly um, so we've been really drilling in on things that are measurable at the click level right you can't of course measure the views so when you get into an mta sort of thing you've got a partial picture and some people do do modeling when you get into the multi omni-channel business where we think most customers are going to go and several our customers already are mm -hmm. where you're distributing direct to consumer on your Shopify or your e-commerce store, you're selling on Amazon, you're selling at Walmart, maybe you're in retail, right? You're doing brand advertising on various channels. You've got brand impressions when people walk into your store. You've got this very complicated mix, right? That's clearly reinforcing each other. And in the e-commerce world, the one that shows up the most often is you're doing direct to consumer advertising and you up your Facebook ads, you up your TikTok ads, and all of a sudden your Amazon ads spend, your Amazon revenue goes up. And you're like, I know it's related, but I can't measure it. <laughs> <laughs> so what we do is we use a technique that's been around quite a while. Uh, it's not new news, but we have, I think, good models of how to use it. It's called media mix modeling. Um, there, there are a number of companies that used to charge the big, big e-com guys you know, a couple of million bucks to build a media mix model for them, right? We'll just do it for you as part of the solution. Um, 
And what we do is we look at, since we have your data, we have your Facebook impression data, we have your spend data, we have your TikTok impression data, buy day, buy ad, um, and we have your Amazon sales data by keyword, we can look at how those two are related. Uh, and if you put a signal that's not correlated with your Amazon spend, we can measure it. Uh, and then we can tell you, you know, with some range of confidence, how much your Facebook spending is driving your Facebook and TikTok, for that matter, is driving your Amazon spend. And the effect you see quite clearly is you up your Facebook spend, the brand search terms on Amazon go up. Because what people are doing is they're seeing your ad, they're like, interesting. Let me see if they sell that on Amazon because I'm prime or I want to read the reviews. They search for your brand, decide to buy. Some of them decide to buy. And so there's a direct relationship there. The trick is to figure out how big it is. And, um, you know, it's affected by the relative spend on both sides and the relative sales on both sides. But we've seen effects as much as 25% of your total spend on Facebook being recovered on free sales on Amazon. Wow. Depends on the ratio, right? Of your Amazon to Facebook uh, revenue. Yeah, that's really interesting though. And it's awesome to be able to see it, you know, because it, it changes how much you spend then, right? In, in your DTC. Correct. And the other thing we have done, we've not offered this as a full product, but we'll do it on a, on a customer by customer basis is, you know, people generally don't think about you've got all these different channels, right? You've got your Amazon advertising you're spending money on, your Facebook spend you're spending money on, your Google spend, maybe you have some display, right, some programmatic, and you've got two places you're, spe- you're getting revenue, maybe more. They think about it as, okay, I got these things going directly to DTC, I'm gonna think about those separate of my Amazon, or I think of it separate, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, they're all correlated. They're all related to each other. And if you don't think about them as a unit, you don't end up at the optimal mix. So you could, the thing you can do from behind media mix modeling, the next thing is you can do media mix optimization, where you say, well, what's the right ratio of spend of the keyword to the Facebook, to the thing at the, you know, at the various ad set that'll maximize given a fixed budget by return on ad spend. And that could be pretty significant. Uh, we did the numbers, you know, you can see a 10 to 15% lifting your performance if you guide your budgets that way. Wow. That's a, that's a big boost there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you gotta be ready to, you know, readjust. Uh, but yeah, it can be significant. That's amazing. If you're on multiple channels, if you're not on multiple channels, you're not going to get that boost. I mean, I, I think feel like there's still a few smaller e-commerce companies that are, but over the past six to eight months, definitely. I mean, definitely past, you know, since OS 14, everyone's diversifying because they have to. It is. And, and so, you know, we're talking paid ads. Do you also take and do you do anything with organic as well? Well, we see the organic traffic. And so we have to figure out, um, this is one of the things that machine learning does is on a purchase that happened off organic, right? The last click on that session, the click that led to the session that led to purchase, right? Is organic or unattributed, mm. right? The yep. question becomes, and this is where MTA kind of gets involved, 
really was it organic? Yeah. Or did somebody see an ad on their phone and then type it into the computer? Yeah. Right? That's the easiest one to take care of, the one you really need to take care of. Or did they see an ad on Facebook and then they went to Google and typed your brand? Right? So we have to do modeling on that so that we give the proper... We have to take the cost of that Facebook ad and apply it to that organic purchase. Yeah, oh, 100%. And I, because I talk to people about this all the time, and, we, and we've all sold the idea of funnels and funnels and funnels and ads, and people don't stay in funnels, do they? No, <laughs> they do not. No. It's, no. And the longer the purchase time, the worse it is, the more yeah. difficult this problem is. Yeah, and, and I'm sure the more expensive it is too, because it's one thing if it's like a $20 spatula, and it's another thing if it's a $300 pizza oven. I'm going to go right, look or at the Or a $2,000 mattress. Yeah. Or a $40,000 car. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's it's really interesting. And, and, you know, even on the services side, we see this as well. And people, you know, they're doing service ads and they're like, well, the ads aren't generating. I'm like, what does the rest of your presence look like? And it's, it's an important to optimize it. And so that's a, that's a super, I mean, and this is where the data really comes into play. Now, how do you think, what are some of the expectations out of things like this and data that either people are looking, are having too high a bar or are looking in the wrong place? Because I feel like with everyone looking at data, they're looking at so much of it. They expect so much of it. I mean, what you're saying, it makes sense, but I feel like it can be a distraction as well. Well, I think, you know, they expect that the answer is going to be easier than it actually is, right? Mm -hmm. So yep. you need enough data, right? And you really do, if you really, really, really want to know for sure, you need to run a causal incrementality test. Um, but if you have enough data, you should be able to get good guides on budget good guides at the ad set level, right? And you're creative about what's actually working and how they're interacting with each other. And on the product side, you know, the thing we see is, I mentioned the audience problem. We also see things like, you know, that product's not making you any money. Why are you selling it on your, ass, on your site? <laughs> because we look at it, we can, we can give you the customer lifetime value, not just by the ad that led to it, but all the covariates of the consumer. What mm. product did they buy? What product did they buy next? Where did they live? Likely what's their gender, right? Um, and you're like, I'm looking at first product purchase and this product's a loser, right? Yeah. You should take it off your website. This one is killing it. You should promote it a lot more, right? And that's the other thing that we think is a really important insight. Oh, 100%. That's, it's interesting. So. And where do you see this all going? Obviously, this feels like it's almost, I mean, it's early on for some people, but it seems like this makes a whole lot of sense. What's the next level of this? Well, type of well so I'll tell you what our mission is. Our mission is to provide a actionable analytics platform across all the aspects that are necessary to run a grant. Mm. Make it really easy. Uh, and we do it in a, and we're committed to doing it in a very cost-effective manner, like HubSpot did on the CRM side. So we think that, you know, the challenging part about running an e-commerce brand is there's data coming in all over the place. You got advertising data, you got sales data, you got finance data, 
you got supply chain data, you got product data, right? Mm -hmm. And really the hard part is making optimization decisions across those data silos. So we talked about Halo. Halo is between advertising and sales. There are also, there are also optimization decisions between advertising and supply chain to be made between pricing on the finance side and advertising, right? So we see providing all that data in one place and providing recommendations and actions on all of those things uh, to the person running the e-commerce brand, the product managers, the brand managers and their marketing team. Um, that's our goal. Um, the next big item, that's a big goal. The next big item for us is probably working with creative optimization companies to give you recommendations on creative to change. Yeah. And then forecasting. We're very interested. The next thing we're going to do is forecasting on what is your revenue likely to be uh, over the next 30 days, 60 days, given the as long as you keep your advertising consistent. So you can feed that into your supply chain decisions. Awesome. Well, okay. So how does someone get started with Zinc? Straightforward. Come to the website, sign up for demo, or reach out to me. Uh, we will contact you for that demo. It's usually um, it's usually a forty five minute chat. We talk about your business, what problems you're trying to solve, what the core interests are, what your team's capable of, what marketing teams you work with, those sorts of things. So we get a feel for where you are in the data process. Um, show you the take capabilities, and uh, then we sign you up for thirty day free trial and help you connect all your data sources and our customer success team engages with you on getting the pixel set up um, and helping you get through the training and the process. Fantastic. And like, you know, we talk about those times, but obviously saving 20 to 30% on your ads is worth spending spend a little bit of time and then also be able to spend more money on your ads is, imp is important. And where's the best place to follow you, Brian? Uh, you can follow me on, uh, probably just on LinkedIn. It's probably the best place to follow me. All right. I do post there regularly. Awesome. We'll put links to all that in the show notes. I really appreciate you coming on the Garlic Marketing Show and geeking out on e-com data with me. <laughs> Thank you. It was great talking to you. It was great talking to you. And thanks for taking Brian and I your journey. This has been I and Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know what make you an authority? you know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work. The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the garlic marketing show including special access to several of my courses including my case story course go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the garlic marketing show 
Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow I and Garlic on Facebook. 